0: Hello, welcome. to I love rock and roll. I'm Ken Krantz. I am Chip Chantry. Ken, how are you? I'm, doing, I'm good.
1: Oh, I, I, I oh,
2: which can, which Ken?
1: Oh, <laughs> we, we, that wasn't even th- planned. This, this whole podcast is going to hell because we have two Kens for the price of one. Two Kens this no week. Yeah, I was I was way too nice uh, to that. That's I'm usually not very nice to Ken Krantz, so that's why uh, it was confusing. Uh, uh, but we have Ken Krantz, of course, my wonderful uh the host of the show, my co-host. And uh we have our guest this week, Ken Kranz. Should I should I introduce him, bring him in yes. to the fold in the mix? Uh our second Ken of the day is a Boston based stand up comedian, a former frontman of a punk band that we're going to talk about and host of one of my favorite podcasts, TV guidance counselor, Ken Reed, is here straight from Boston, Massachusetts. Hello. I feel right.
2: I feel inadequate for not having alliteration in my name. <laughs>
0: I know. It's yeah. got that covered. Yeah, we we really do. The, you could The Ken Queter episode was exciting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Uh if if you don't know, uh yes, it, that was another alliterative Ken uh ken queen have you ever heard of ken quitter do you know i don't think so
2: no
3: uh
1: a guy to look up he is a philly legend uh he was kind of big in the 70s and has just been a mainstay in the philadelphia scene forever he's a singer songwriter and is just amazing and is crazy and is great and just hysterical and so we we had him on once or twice and uh it was everybody was alliterative: of ken quitter ken krantz and chip chantry so we used to play with a lot of philly punk bands in the 90s and in philly yeah, yeah, I, I want to talk about that too. I know I remember you you talking about some West Philly houses. Uh before we get into that, uh let's talk about your podcast TV Guidance Counselor. One of my favorites. Oh, thank uh you. Tell the uh tell the good people a little bit about that it's, it's a great structure for a podcast
2: uh i'm on year 10 which is insane uh but basically i own more or less every issue of tv guide someone picks an old issue they go through and write down what they'd watch that week in history and then the podcast is us just talking about it going through the yeah. week uh and i've had people i have no business talking to on uh that i'm shocked have been on the show and it's yeah it's still fun
1: <laughs> Uh, I mean, you had me on once. I had so, on, I mean, yeah. That's what I was fan. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you've had some, you've had some other so big th- names. You'd, you had uh, Ted Danson on once, right? Ted
2: Danson, John Sayles, Elvira. Um, I just said Tracy Lords on, um, Dave Thomas. Uh, it's weird because my gauge of who's like impressive and to like regular people is completely off so oh, there'll yeah. be people i had on the show and i'm like guys i got mike mcnola <laughs> and they're like i don't know who that is and then i'll have like ben schwartz on who's just like a buddy and they're like yeah. Holy, oh my god i'm like it's just the guy that i know right
1: yeah i think we do that too we're all stand-up comedians too like whenever people are always they find out and they're like oh who is your like who are some of the biggest names that you have open for and uh, most of my biggest names are either semi-canceled or dead. But uh, <laughs> but like you always go for the big names like, oh, I've opened for Dave Chappelle. I've opened for the name of Bob Saget. And then I always go to like, and Dana
0: Gould. And people just blank stare. And I'm like, yeah. my fa-
1: oh, my favorite comedian of all time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. not trying to one-up you, Ken, but we've had on um, uh, the rhythm guitarist from Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. We did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh,
1: Joe Pickett from the found footage festival. Oh, you got a 50% found footage. Yeah. We, yeah, we're, <laughs> uh, we're almost, if we can get that Nick Perreault, we're going to get him in. So yeah,
2: I've, li- I literally, I think I finally, ch- I've had every member of the found footage team on the show.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, those, those guys are great. Yeah. I, I, I go by, I got Ken uh, or Joe Pickett on the show. Uh, my rule is if, if they were at my wedding, I can get them. I can book sure. them. Like that's my Yeah. yeah.
2: My rule is if they're at my wedding, they'll
1: never be on my show. <laughs> right, right. I can put it through it. Um, well, let's let's jump in. You ready to do this, Ken and Ken? Let's do, do, it. It. do let's, it. So so before we get into it, we, we're going to talk a lot about uh, TV theme songs. That, that's sort of our push today, which, of course, we love. And don't really exist as much as they used to, which we'll get also get into. Valuable commercial time. Uh, you are a... Just a a vault of knowledge, an encyclopedia of television history. It it always blows me away. Um, But you started out as a musician pretty young
2: right yeah I mean musicians a little bit of a stretch but uh I was in a punk rock band when I was 15 I used to go hang out at this place called the rat which was like Boston CBGB's kind of um when I was 12 uh, I basically went through puberty at like 12 or 13 so I was this height and had sideburns so no one checked IDs um and I didn't drink or cause a problem so I just could get in any club in Boston uh so (laughs) I used to hang out at the rat all the time uh yeah and I was in a punk I sang in a punk rock band and we started with like Dropkick Murphys and uh, bands on the scene and some bands that ended up getting really big. So we were kind of right place, right time. But we used to tour like every summer. You know, we did it for I don't know four years, I think. So you were
1: fifteen. Were the other guys that age too, or? Oh yeah, yeah. the ol- The
2: oldest one of us was uh, two months older than they. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what was the name of your band? We were called Thirty Seconds Over Tokyo. Is that a? Is that like an old? Is that an old movie title it's what an it old is? spencer tracy movie but i got it from it's a song by perubu who are okay. a cleveland band uh who used yeah. to be who used to be rocking from the tombs and then they split into Parubu and the dead boys
1: mm-hmm. uh, did you get did you get mad when uh 30 seconds to mars start, was, oh they, yeah was that an overlap
2: uh a little not quite they started like a year after we stopped playing and i was like ah, "Friggin' leto again with leto yeah, always nipping at my heels. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you were originally cast in my so-called. Leto. I was Jordan Catalano.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was in the Claire Danes role, but uh, yeah. but Leto was like, I'm not kissing him.
1: Right, and then you had a cult in the desert, I believe, for a while.
2: Yeah, well. and then I became a very pretentious, overrated actor mm-hmm. uh, for about six years, yeah. and uh, just insufferable. Mm-hmm. And then I was uh, I played a vampire in the worst Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you think that's the worst? I tried? That is a really terrible uh, movie. Do you think it's the worst Marvel movie? Uh, Well,
2: I think it it depends because it it depends on how you categorize that. (laughs) Cause I think, is it a good adaptation of the comic or not? And I, I'm a lifelong comic book guy. Uh, I loved Morbius. It's real bad. But then if you go like Punisher 89 with Dolph Lundgren's pretty bad, uh, if we want to go Nick current Fury, MCU, David Hasselhoff. That was made for TV, but counts still. Although I will say this: Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury looked exactly correct.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: Like sure exact like Sam Jackson didn't have to do anything because when they rebooted and had that black Nick Fury, they drew that character as Samuel Jackson anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, but like Hasselhoff earned looking like Nick Fury. <laughs> Fair enough.
3: That's a good point. Oh, man. But there have been some plenty of comic book movie stinkers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Morbius is definitely up there, though, buddy.
0: It wasn't. But it was It was so bad that it made me hang in where I was like, I have to see how much worse it gets. It was kind of like oh, yeah, There's some car crash. Yeah.
3: It was kind of like Cats where you're like, this is nowhere possibly going to be good but i want to see how bad it could get
1: and less it buttholes pretty,
3: and it was pretty damn bad so yeah morbius was not a fun time
1: do you guys have a favorite movie that's just terrible but you have to watch every time it's on or like you seek it out just to Winter watch how Beast. bad it is
2: maximum overdrive oh that's a good one um this atm machine just called me an asshole <laughs> <laughs> F- uh, fire starter i think uh, oh, okay. Although the lot, the lot six scene in that still haunts me to this day where the guy's eyes are bleeding and they, yes. like, they're all the, I, that terrifying. Ugh. And I can't sleep in a room with a mirror because I'm convinced that George C. E. Scott dressed as a Native American is behind that glass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, we've talked about this, Ken, but I love the made for TV movie, The Midnight Hour. Oh, which yeah. I will watch it's all great. the time. And it's horny LeVar Burton yes yeah, yeah. horny lavar burton is my it's my favorite lavar burton by the way um <laughs> there's also a movie have you guys ever seen it's not a terrible movie but it's the weirdest movie and i'll it's on amazon right now i just watch it all the time it's from 76 i think jodie foster the little girl that lives down, it's the, down lane. the lane yeah yeah no that's a great movie oh. where martin sheen is a pedophile and <clears> oh <throat> god yep. well martin the, sheen plays a pedophile well let's yeah <laughs> your words not mine <laughs> that's true but
2: yeah i love this movie called winter beast which was shot in waltham mass and is the best worst movie it is and the boston accents are fantastic yeah
1: okay i gotta check that out is it like a is it a horror movie supposed to be okay (laughs) that was the intent oh i got a good one chopping mall yeah oh great is that the guy from uh, I think the guy from head of the class
2: was in that, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Ed. Is it Ted something? Yeah. The guy who played um, the, the, the yuppie. Yep. Uh, Barbara Crampton's in it. Uh, and um uh, oh, my God, I've had her on the show. has it, been on that in that um, Kelly. Kelly.
1: Oh, my God. Kelly, my brain. Kelly Maroney Clarkson. Kelly Maroney. Yes. So so going back to uh, your touring days. So you're like sixteen, seventeen, just touring up and down. Like you were coming down to Philly. How far would you yeah. go? We'd go down to like Florida, from like Maine to Florida, basically.
2: Yeah, uh, we go. We do New York a lot. We do Philly a lot. We would do. We would like drive to Philly, play, and drive back home and go to school.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So was there any sort of um, like parental supervision for? They, your no. parents were just like. They were they were very
2: hands off, and uh, I never got in trouble. Like I've never drank in my life, um, even though I did get in fights with cops a lot. But, but which in hindsight, I would have been shot several times uh, to this day. Um, but I never got in trouble, so like I, they didn't care. Like I, you know, I was making money, I had my own money. Like I didn't drink. I didn't, they never got a call. Like sometimes I would just be gone for three days, and they didn't seem to notice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's sort of that's sort of like how I grew up, but I didn't have any musical talent where I could like leave. And but if I just left, oh, for I didn't three either. days, I just had friends who did. <laughs> <laughs> if I had just left for three days, nobody would have noticed.
2: It's funny now, because I'll see a lot of like <clears throat> there's been a lot of like documentaries on like 90s hardcore and all this stuff. And there or people have made things on YouTube and like my wife and I would be sitting and watching them. And I'm like, oh, this guy. Um, I don't can I swear on the show but yeah. yeah of course uh, I'll be like this fucking guy <laughs> and there'll be some guy I'll be like yeah that guy got stabbed at a show and then I saw him pull the knife out and stitch himself up and then beat the shit out of this guy and she's like what the hell I'm like oh it was not a good environment for kids I don't know why and like you would never like looking at me now you would never guess that that's like where I was hanging out you know
0: yeah no
1: yeah uh, anything I mean I'm sure you have some crazy stories anything that stands out from a punk we got, club or we wherever. got
2: robbed by the cops once in Philly that was really? fun yeah uh we were playing the Cadillac Lounge i think it is on South Street
1: yep uh, yeah the, uh, uh, Pontiac, the Pontiac, Pontiac, Gr- Pontiac Pontiac Grill, Grill. yeah yep. yeah and my uh, brother's band used to play that yeah Probably a couple
2: we of had, years after you you know we were like 16 and so some cops pulled us over we were we were like loading now and uh and some of us looked younger so it was like what are these kids doing and we had like a money box you know with all our merch money in it because basically the merch is what got you from town to town like and uh this guy, this cop's like what's in that box and i'm like our uh, merch money and he's like how do i know that and i'm like because i just told you and he's like how do i know there aren't drugs in there and i'm like because i told you that they're not And he's like open it and i was like no <laughs> and then he made us open it and he took all the money and was like get the fuck out of here <laughs>
0: really oh. it was like what do we do call the cops <laughs> like, this yeah who do, do, you do you even call for that nobody ah, philly it you know what it's Philly right, fucking right. sucks, let's, let's man. Tread, tread lightly. <laughs>
1: but was... that does suck. And South Street. So I By the way, I live four blocks from South Street, but like up a little bit. And, I
2: love Philly. I, I loved it. I almost moved there. I was like, this is like Gotham City. You can rent like an entire Victorian house for like $30 a month in 1997. <laughs> Didn't you
1: stay? I think you told me about that. You stayed in West Philly, like in like a hollowed out.
2: Yeah, there was like this old this big old basically like four-story Victorian mansion that this kid's this punk kid's mother owned and uh, basically all the kids that lived there all had their own floor <laughs> so they would always have band stay there and I remember one night I never slept and I was a kid. I slept like maybe two hours a night so I just kind of wander around and one night I got up and I went <laughs> I went to the kitchen and do you know the band youth of today <laughs> they were like a hardcore band I have heard the name they were like a Harry Krishna hardcore band type thing. And, oh yeah, uh,
1: obviously the Harry <clears> Krishna <throat> yeah, hardcore that's band. big. Ken, but Penn uh, was very big into that. Huge, yeah. huge
2: in that. Yeah. Um. But I go into the 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 kitchen and the singer from that band is literally in his underwear and tidy white. He's doing like Tai Chi at, like three in the morning. <laughs> I was like, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> like they were they were just like playing another show, so they were like staying at this house. And there was a a, a squat in West Philly called Stalag 13 that they used to do shows at. That they I, I, I remember that place. Yeah, <clears throat> stealing. Power Power from like some business next door it was super unsafe but the cops like didn't go there mm-hmm. <laughs> so i you know I, we played shows there and i had like a tuxedo on like it was just it was weird i don't know how i didn't get murdered would
1: you always wear a tux on stage no, no
2: no sometimes i owned a tux i got this this like tuxedo rental place going on business because so i got a tux that fit me for like 10 bucks and i would just like occasionally
0: wear a tux for no reason <laughs> You know, I was thinking, like, how come uh, Harry Krishna Hardcore, like everything else had a moment in the 90s? <clears throat> yeah. Like, Gregorian Chance. Gregorian Chance. I remember, remember that. Be, that was I remember being like at a concert and they brought those people out and there was people that were into it.
2: Harry yeah. Krishna Hardcore was a big thing. Like it was. Um, it sort of evolved from the straight edge thing where there were people who like wanted some sort of like moral guidance that wasn't Christian based, (laughs) like, or like tradition, traditional, like, you know, church of England or Catholic thing. So they leaned into that. It was, it was weird. Um, and that's when you also started getting like those really militant straight edge bands, like earth crisis.
1: (laughs) Did you have to deal with like a lot of, were you dealing with like, uh, nazis and that type of thing like skinheads nazis yeah there was a ton of skinheads
2: uh boston they they chased them out of town like literally people went to shows with knives and bats and bottles and and stabbed them and beat them beat the shit out and put them in the hospital until they went away but uh touring there was still a lot like we we got booked on a show in rural new jersey once in a log cabin and we showed up and it was all like literally skinhead bands called like the stormtroopers and like the jew stompers and stuff like that and uh so you know and we were nerds like uh, the the kid plays bass is like half filipino like we're so i was like executive decision guys full set of prince covers (laughs) like non-ironic prince covers and we got like two and a half songs in and i was singing i want to be your lover and a guy hit me in the
0: face with a brick Uh, it's, um, there are parts of New Jersey, like South Jersey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's like, it's pretty bad. Pencil tuck-y. Yeah. Like Vine, where the I, area. I, the pine yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah.
3: What's really fucked yeah. up is when Ken, when Ken said that too, I automatically pictured like, oh, I know probably where that was.
2: <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also played another place in North Jersey that was an abandoned amusement park. It looked like a, the Joker's lair. and it was in north jersey and uh it was so weird like it had closed down but these people were like renting it at night and so we played a show there and actually one of the bands that opened for us was that band further seems forever which the guy who became dashboard confessional was the singer of oh yeah and he was a complete dick and uh (laughs) i forget what he uh, i'm six three um and he's like five feet or something and he's being an asshole. and i think i was 17 and i went uh hey i noticed you're really short (laughs) <laughs> that's it i just re- i really noticed how short you were <laughs> as a dickhead move but he was like ur, ur, and just like walked away
0: i would have bent down and patted him on the head as i said <laughs> <laughs> how did you jump from what was there a, a gap
1: between uh punk and doing stand-up
2: a little bit. So, like, the band broke up because everyone hated me because I was insufferable. uh But also, like, everyone went to college. Like, we recorded the second album, the summer of '99, in this ab- this ma- not abandoned, but like decrepit mansion that this guy used to be in Billy Joel's band was in, up in Gloucester, Mass. And it was like that scene in Boogie Nights with the firecrackers and the guy with the robe. Like, it was that kind of house. But his basement had this like state of the art studio that he would like lease. To people to record in but there were like people just wandering around you know overgrown tennis court and all that stuff Um, and that like two weeks in the summer in there like we just had enough of each other and everyone had gone to college so we stopped playing the other four guys started a new band I moved to the UK uh, and then started doing stand-up there so there was like a year or two in between but when I first started doing stand-up I was like oh this will just be like talking in between songs
1: and it's not at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not just banter.
2: No, no, because because when you're playing a show and you say something funny, like they're not expecting you to say anything funny, so they're psyched. Yeah, it's a super <laughs> it's, low bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you have stuff you can fall back on, and all, so yeah, it was not the same. And then when I first moved back to Boston, I didn't really know anyone who did stand up, so I was like, do like opening punk
0: rock shows and stuff. So I'd like try to do stand up. Oh, no it's like a, ter- a, a terrible Murphy idea Ken.
2: yeah no, it all was terrible
0: yeah it's <laughs> awful yeah I've I've been like uh intermission for bands and nobody wants it nobody knows it's coming no nobody well the way cares. you listen
2: to a band is so different from the way you listen to stand up where like a band you can enjoy without paying attention yeah. and yeah. you can
0: like talk
2: and whatever but if I'm like everybody shut up Listen to me, <laughs>
0: and I think I'm funny. <laughs> it's like, nope.
1: Yeah, Put the break happen.
0: down and listen to what I have to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: There's gonna be a callback later. <laughs> I, by the way, one of my. One of the moments where I was like, I want to do stand like I always wanted to do stand up. I've watched it since I was seven. And but like one of those moments where I was like, I'm going to do this. I saw Mike Doty from Soul Coughing. Oh, yeah. I, I love. He's a great solo artist. And he was at the TLA in Philly. And it was just him and a guitar. And he and he's actually funny. Like, he's actually very funny, very interesting. And he would tell a quick story or kind of a joke between most songs and was just murdering, just murdering. And I was like, oh. This is what stand up is. This is obviously, I can do this. And then realize that it's also, he also has the benefit of banter between songs and yeah
2: well it's also like like henry rollins even who made a huge career out of doing spoken word i think it was adam carolla of all people who, who coined this but he said well henry rollins calls it spoken word so people think he's great at it if he called it stand-up com- comedy they'd be like he's he's okay <laughs> <laughs> but he, that's literally what he's doing he's just doing a stand-up comedy tour but like right. even he's successful at it and good to so be like no this is uh spoken words
0: that's really funny <laughs> uh
1: so let's talk a little bit about uh a little bit about TV here. Uh because, because for those people who don't know, you gotta check out TV Guidance. We, we're working I guess you can just find T V Guidance Counselor kind of on any platform,
2: Yeah, right? can go to TV com. and I have links up to like the, the latest episode. But yeah, it's on it's on every podcast platform. There's about six hundred and twenty something episodes.
1: And you are an encyclopedia of television trivia. Like you you know
0: Not on purpose.
1: So much. Right, right. Yeah. Um you also have uh, a lot of great. You were doing those like, video shorts around Halloween and I think Christmas, and, and you put them out from time to time. Uh, one of the ones that I saw, I thought this was really interesting. I just saw it today. I was I was looking through it. The, uh, tell us a little bit about the top forty shows, like the I don't know if Casey Casey that exact one, but how? So we all oh, yeah. know the top forty shows of the seventies <laughs> and eighties and nineties. You know, you, you listen to it on Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Ken uh, Ken Krantz, did you do you know how those were produced?
0: or like how they were how they were
2: distributed released cuz they're syndicated shows.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know how they were released. I know I I've, I've heard I've heard the outtakes of Casey K flipping the fuck out. The number <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Fucking I don't know dumb. how that worked.
2: Um I I Shadow Stevens on my show. That's a very interesting episode. But um, Oh, that's a good one. <clears throat> but uh, Shadow yeah. Stevens
1: from uh Hollywood, <clears throat> Squares.
2: Hollywood Squares? Hollywood Squares? And Games World. Uh,
1: kentucky fried movie kentucky That's fried it. movie
2: big john and an episode um, of larry sanders yes yeah uh, he's very funny uh, he's a great dude but uh yeah so like american top 40 weekly top 40 all those shows all the syndicated radio networks like westwood one had in-house record pressing plants and they would press vinyl four records uh, one disc for each hour of the show and physically mail them overnight them to all the radio stations that played that show with the commercials and everything. There'd be some blank spaces for local commercials. So there's like 150 copies of each episode that got mailed to all these uh, stations and they literally just put the needle on the vinyl and my favorite part is in the 90s American top 40 um, was like we're the first all digital top 40 everything we play is off CD which was true but then they from still a lot of the stations who didn't have CD players they would then <laughs> press it onto vinyl
0: and then play it off <laughs> that so it was like yeah I mean sure that's actually like if you would I I would not have even had a concept how those got distributed and i would not have, I, like, I would not when i was a kid i was that. like oh it's just over the radio airwaves yeah so that's yeah. how it works yeah that's. i, I would have been like age. it's over the airwaves stupid that's how yeah
2: it's yeah, no no satellite that yeah and like tape would have sound crappy and also like didn't so yeah they pressed them onto physical vinyl
1: now do you have any uh one other thing i want to bring up and and th- it, there's there's been obviously a lot of television music crossovers like you know a, a you know a special band you know a band makes a cameo on a on a TV show or there's a a fake band that becomes real you know obviously the monkeys is a whole thing but like yeah. there's Altabar, there's other examples.
2: on facts of life stuff like that
1: oh that's right yeah uh do, do you have any favorites of those like weird musical moments on that and before you do that can you tell the quick story of uh your friend you had a friend who was ten years old <laughs> yeah on a local Boston station and she got some some fine piece of advice, Good advice.
2: yeah we used to have the show called RTG ready to go and it was on every weekday from 7 to 8 a.m uh and so they'd have kids in the audience like before school and it was a live show and so new kids on the block were on all the time like just like local bands and stuff and, and acts so my friend Lisa went there for her 10th birthday and with all her friends and the act on the show was Marky Mark and the funky bunch who does this ridiculous song like the dance is ridiculous he goes over to her pulls her out of the crowd and goes yo you got a man and she's like (laughs) no yeah and he goes don't ever let a man play you and then he just goes back into the song it was so it's on youtube i also edited like a little super cut of it and it's just fantastic um my favorite musicians like guest starring on a show or show about me well i love the new monkeys which is super underrated um it was more like the young ones than the than the I, all the musical guests on the young ones, uh, the damned who are probably my favorite punk band of all time. I first saw them on the young ones when I was five years old, flipping through the channels. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but it's a vampire singing about horror movies. And I, this is my favorite. This is everything I like in the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always a great one. Uh, there was a show called dreams <clears throat> and it starred Jamie Gertz okay. and John Stamos and they were in a band and they put out they actually put out an album by this band dreams with them singing it was a 1984 canceled tv series you could
0: find the vinyl it's god awful but man is it funny that's that's great can't you I have any heard uh, that. i remember can, the one that always sticks out for me is um well there's two uh the doobie brothers on um what's happening was it what's happening uh, which which, which doobie you be? You be? When, when they were, when like it was like teaching you not to bootleg shows and yeah. they like caught him at the end, like he shook him out of the jacket or whatever. And then um, Clarence Clemens on different strokes playing play behind the curtain great. for yeah. him.
1: Yeah. Uh, by I the way, because my
2: dogs are lo- losing their minds. Uh, can you give me one, second. Yeah. one second? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah guys they definitely sound sa- that dog definitely sounds like the first three seconds of uh uh, uh bc boys yeah ken, BC <laughs> boys out, uh, i'm glad i what, was, what, what, what what that what heard it Sure shot sure Sorry. shot yes. i knew it was something yeah, I, you're right it's one of my favorite songs i couldn't remember oh. the uh name na, sure na, shot. Na, na, ups na, na, guy yeah like, you know. yeah um of course i uh, by the um, way uh yes. ken you'll you'll appreciate this so yeah the clarence clemens on uh different on strokes. different strokes one of my favorites as well uh, you should know, Ken, that Ken Krantz and I originally, you know, we've been friends for for a while, you know, uh, doing stand up together. Uh, we decided during the pandemic, we're like, we we would just text each other because we were watching uh, different strokes on like me TV or whatever, it, whatever it was. We'd always watch it. Uh, and we're both like ultra fans of the show. And we're like, we should do a different strokes themed podcast like each episode. We'll do that. And you. We were we were like a couple of weeks into sort of planning it out and like talking how it would be, and then uh, Ken just was like, "Hey, I think we should do a rock and roll one instead." And um, I and I'll go on record saying uh, we made the wrong choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I, agree. I was gonna say I'm glad you said it before I did. Yeah, um,
2: yeah I also the cramps on Beverly Hills 90210. That's that was okay. their national television debut, which is insane. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Uh, my camera did that weird thing again. So it uh, is. If you're <laughs> <on> the <laughs>
1: for the people at home, yeah, it's like his his face is, is melting and it's like a night like it's like, recording
3: if you ever want the clip of this you can post it online
1: yeah oh it sort of made God. a weird
2: boomerang and like a weird acid wash thing oh now you're back, back now yeah. you <laughs> <I> look like <laughs> i'm on liquid television
1: yeah, um <gasps> that's so, what it, yeah that's what it's like
2: so that one is just good but then you have uh obviously stevie wonder on the cosby show with Jim oh, and on the one. yeah
0: yeah that's a classic the fender that's a classic, binder, right like they hit his limo mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember the stones were on 90210, or am I making yeah. that up? No, they were. I like, think that was like were. the whole plot of an entire show was they were trying to get into a Stones concert. Whitney
2: Houston on Silver Spoons.
0: Oh, saving all my love for you, right? Yep. For for the uh for the guy for that accountant or whatever.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um and then Michael Damien doing rock on on Facts of Life.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, wait, well, you know it was another great one was um oh the um the righteous brothers, dude, on Cheers. Oh yeah, when Dirty Bill, Dancing was out. Um, it's
1: medley is it, Bill Medley? Yeah, it was Bill medley. It was medley.
0: Yeah, he well, was on Cheers when he songs. when he when when Kirstie Alley wouldn't tell uh, Ted Danson what what the song that got her all hot was, and then he I forget how, but he figured out it was uh, you lost that love and feeling, and he brought Have the dude heard- in to sing it to her.
2: Have you ever heard any live Elvis versions of You Lost That Love and Feeling?
0: No. Yeah, well, yeah, they so, sh- they sh- yeah, I've seen uh and one of them was like just a couple weeks before he died and it was Sounds
2: amazing on it. Like he goes like Pavarotti, but one of the things Elvis used to do on stage is he'd ad-lib jokes in lyrics and like in in that one he goes baby baby i'd get down on my knees for you if this suit wasn't so tight (laughs) and he would do it and then he would always go on on um suspicious minds he'd go we're caught in a trap shove it up your nose
1: (laughs) which which makes zero sense but everybody tells elvis do do
0: you know he had a dude on his payroll whose job it was to get him out of conversations with people so that's the greatest like that would be the if i hit the lottery that's the first person i'm hiring
2: i i had heard this thing that i thought was completely apocryphal but uh that elvis was a massive monty python fan have you ever heard this I've not heard this. No. So Elvis was love Monty Python, like insane fan for the show to the point where he bought like a $200,000 videotape machine in the early 70s. You know, like a like a wall-sized thing so he could watch Monty Python. Yeah. Then he he hired someone to 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 transcribe every episode and he would make the guys in the Memphis Mafia do sketches with him. Like, Hey that's man, cr- that parrot is dead. Like, just like, and they these guys have no <laughs> idea, like, okay. like, no idea. So I heard this and I'm like, that's funny, but there's no way that's true. And I, uh, I interviewed John Cleese. I got to spend actually Valentine's day 2020 with John Cleese I was with them all day. And I was like, this is probably stupid. He's like, no, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, he used to write us fan letters.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing.
3: Yeah. I, I love that. I know that now the world is a better place.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Just any Money Python sketch I see now, I just picture Elvis doing it with some hicks. You're <laughs> <in> Elvis satin, <laughs> TCB satin jackets <laughs> with the Memphis Mafia.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Uh, what this isn't a, a
1: a cameo, but one of my favorite musical moments. I thought, and I was probably like ten or eleven. Ken, you might know about this. I thought I thought I found a new favorite show, and I was like, this is the coolest show ever. Uh, there's a band involved. They were like in a band in California and they were like rockers and they all rode Harley Davison's and I think they were like undercover cops. Oh yes, nasty was boys. Clo- was Clooney involved in
2: that? Was that Clooney? Um, oh, the Clooney one is a different one. Yeah, Clooney was involved in that. Um, what what the hell was the name of that show? I can't. It was remember like was it called like
1: them. Sunset Strip or something like that? Yeah,
2: yeah. Vanessa Angel was in it as well. I think. Okay. Um, yeah, that yeah, that was like a two episoder
1: And I remember <laughs> I was like, because I was probably like ten, and I was like, oh, this is what cool people do. They they rode Harleys. They were undercover cops, and they were in a rock band. That's right. That's right. And I was like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be the biggest show ever." And two episodes later, I was wrong. What and then my of... other favorite thing, not that they played music, but every it was like every episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, my mind, like, it, it, just my mind was blown when I saw Michael Stipe as Mister Mister Scrummy. Mr. me
2: Yeah. Deathly well, yeah. Where well, Iggy Pop played known as Dad. Luscious Jackson were in it. Um, uh, uh, Juliana Hatfield. Juliana Hatfield. Uh, then the one with the band where, where Little Pete had a band. Marshall Crenshaw was in the band with them.
1: Yeah. And uh, the bassist from Pavement was in a band in the basement uh, do- of Stranger with Candy. It was yeah. Mark from Pavement was just in a Stranger with a Candy.
0: Band. Isn't, uh, isn't Marshall Crenshaw the lead singer of the Smithereens now? He is. Yeah. And he was playing with the MC five for a
2: while. Uh, oh. I had Marshall on the show. He's an awesome dude. Like whenever you're in my mind is one of the, I think one of the best pop songs ever, but he's an old Detroit guy. He's like kind of a tough ass Detroit yeah. dude. Yeah. But you would never guess. Like he, he got his start playing John Lennon in the touring company of Beatlemania. Um, but yeah, he, he played with the MC five. He was the filling guitarist for like two tours That's, when Mike Watt was playing with like, he played with the stooges. Like, it's just crazy.
0: Um, I remember uh, when Pat Denizio was alive uh, from the smithereens, my brother was friends with him and he used to do this thing uh, where you would hide, like he would go, he would travel around and give private shows at your house. And so my brother arranged to have him do a concert at my sister's house. And he's, it's just a solo acoustic show. It's in my sister's basement. There's maybe 15 of us. And i just, my sister kept asking him if he could keep it down, which I.
3: <laughs> Kids are sleeping, dude. I know you're like but blood and. No, rose. it was, it was like one
0: o'clock in the afternoon. And my sister just kept saying, like, oh, the kids are small in their ears. Or can you just maybe keep it? Down? And we had to, like, we had to it's pull her aside, Be like, but also, let, listen, we know it's your house, but you can't ask Pat to, to turn it down. Like That's pretty bad. You're a lunatic.
1: Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, TV theme songs. Let's sure. jump into it. That's
0: uh, first of all, uh, Ken Krantz, do you have a number one? What's. What's what's your big one? I I think Cheers for me just yeah. because that it's it's my it was my all time favorite show. Like I've seen that show. I've seen every episode of that show 10,000 times. And that would it would be the show that I fell asleep to. And it would still like even now, if I can't sleep, I'll throw Cheers on because I don't have to watch it. I could just hear it in my mind and picture everything. And then that lulls me to sleep. So I've never for, seen that. I I'll have to check that out sometime. It's, uh, no, fr- it's pretty good. I,
1: is is pretty good? Okay, maybe I'll try. no. The the che the and again, I'm sure it's obviously an age thing, but like the Cheers theme song for I'm for sure so many of us. It's like, oh, it's Thursday night, I only have one day left of school, and it was just it's the most comforting song that, even though it's really minor
2: key and depressing and mm-hmm. and catchy but dark, which kind of is
0: it's perfect for that show. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But when when I was growing up, Channel Eleven. Uh PIX. W-P-I-X played it every night from yep. 11 to 12, and I could never sleep. So I would always stay up. And that would be what I watched every night. Right after the Richard night. Bay show rerun, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um, by the way, the uh, I, I, I don't know if you read this, Ken, too, on the one article I, I had sent you. The the cheers theme song came from this guy gary portnoy and judy hart who also wrote uh one of my other favorite themes from one of my favorite shows the mr belvedere theme song yeah they also so the guy who wrote the cheers theme song also did uh uh according to our new arrivals by mr belvedere who by the way mr belvedere oh sorry i was gonna say that
2: goes sat on his own balls which i confirmed on my show yes um but I think that song goes along. Leon Redbone does a lot of heavy lifting on that one.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's got to be Leon. Um, but so this guy Gary Portnoy and I I don't know if it's his partner or his wife Judy Hart. They were they had this like Broadway show called Preppies that they were trying to sell, and they would send out cassette tapes all over, like, "Hey, listen to our music. We we want to put this musical up." And the the I guess the Charles gents from cheers found this tape and was like we don't want to do your stupid musical but we want to buy this first song from you and they wouldn't sell it to them they're like no this is our song but so they just commissioned them to write a very similar song and now they're i'm sure multi multi multi-millionaires because
0: (laughs) i'm sure sure. yeah just yeah huge i'll say though like so that's my favorite but if if you if i had to say like what the best tv theme song i would say uh sopranos i feel like that like that's the only tv theme song where i would be like i would actually listen to that if it came on in the car
2: well that see that there's a weird subgenre of pop songs that were written not as TV theme songs that became TV theme songs. right that's right, one of them right um you know the Golden Girls is another one that was a top 40 hit in 1979 wasn't um, really I didn't know that. yeah so so those I feel like are um th- those you have to judge differently because yeah. they they didn't write them for show. it's it ends up being perfect for the show yes um but you know they wasn't, that wasn't, wasn't commissioned. right
0: right
1: yeah and that was written about, I read this too. A, a British woman in 1990 murdered her abusive husband and went to jail for life for it. And uh, this band, Alabama, the Alabama three, the lead singer was wrote a song based on that. She like, I woke up this morning about
0: this woman who murdered her husband and then became a they said it. I, it said that uh, they paid him for it, that HBO gave him 40,000 for the show for the it for be, the song
2: which is good money if you're
0: just doing like this is when hbo was like not
2: doing original but they were like first in ten and dream on you know? yeah
1: yeah yeah it,
0: did he did they? he ever get any more money from it or was it was just the forty thousand? i didn't uh, i just read the little blurb yeah but you could imagine they were probably like these fucking idiots are giving us forty thousand oh, dollars of course right. yeah. <laughs> yeah there's right. that 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 show's gonna play for a season and no one's ever gonna remember it yeah the uh, you know, this old house, Bob not Vila. the
2: one I'm sitting in, Bob. Mm-hmm. Vila, the post Bob view, like the current iteration of it, that instrumental theme song is written by Bill Janovitz of Buffalo Tom.
1: Really, <laughs> written and played by yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, I uh, I, what am I, I? And by the way, I just I think it has to be put out there. It's on the top of a lot of lists, just like the Sopranos theme, uh, the Jeffersons. Yes. theme song obviously i think we can just agree that you know one of the greatest ever uh the welcome back Cotter theme song written by john sebastian i just love best thing about that
2: show it. a terrible
1: show <laughs> it's i <laughs> love when i was a child it was maybe my favorite show i loved welcome back Cotter so much and then i rewatched it recently <laughs> and it's like it's like they're just trying to be the marx brothers like it was is that what something it is? Like, i think like it's like it's almost like vaudeville and it's just like, but it just falls flat. I'm like, I can't like it's it's unwatchable. It's
0: yeah. But, but also has to- John, did John Travolta ever look like a teenager at any point? in his I feel like he's looked 40. Forever. Yeah, since the moment yeah. <laughs> he came into my consciousness. He's there like the opposite a, of Gary Coleman. Yeah.
2: There was a, a short-lived show <laughs> yeah. in the late 1970s that they ripped. They tried to make a sitcom based on Saturday Night Fever. And David Naughton is in the is in the John Travolta it, role. Right? Making it. Uh, yes. Yeah. And that theme song charted.
0: Yeah. I'm solid gold. <laughs> I'm getting paid. And that's the dude from American, American Werewolf. American Werewolf. And my Martin, favorite horror Midnight movie. Madness. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh Minda, wait, Minda Minda, is that the one with that, the race, the scavenger yeah, hunt? Yeah. Michael J. Fox. Love right? it. That was a that was a mainstay on HBO mm-hmm. that I would watch all the time.
2: I like a lot of instrumental theme songs like Peter Gunn is fantastic. I was just Peaks about to fantastic. say Peter yeah. Gunn is probably one of the best examples of that because
3: the show totally 100 percent forgettable. But then the Blues Brothers do that amazing cover mm-hmm. and just rockets that song into straight up popularity.
2: And then it had a big hit with art and noise had a had a cover of it and i think 87 or 88 and had a big hit of it oh so
1: good so uh what what else uh, is on your list ken
2: uh misfits of science is like maybe my number one it's such a good theme song uh it it just it's totally underseen underrated that show generally it's basically the x-men um with a weird corporate bent it was on nbc uh didn't do that well Uh, misfits of science
0: i never heard of it oh
2: it's great it's it's really fun um i love the spencer for hire theme which is an instrumental uh that is a fantastic one same guy who wrote that wrote the just ten of us theme which is one of my favorites Uh, but i think like the one that's the most fun to sing perfect strangers
1: standing tall sometimes the world looks perfect and he's <laughs> just, just on the, the, the ba- rear range he's just on the back of that truck in something.
2: sometimes whatever. you just <laughs> you guys have yet a to, like,
3: you guys have yet to mention one of my personal favorites uh believe it or not greatest American hero yeah. yes which also
1: charted yes um oh, was that this oh, was, oh, a, was that originally a song or was that for the that was, that for was written that. for that
3: yeah I was
2: written for that um <clears throat> Miami Vice theme also written for the show and and charted um I had Lou Barlow from Sebado and dinosaur Junior on my show and um he sound checks to a TV theme song because it contains like his entire vocal range it's like the perfect song for him to sing when he's sound checking any guesses Chip may already know if you heard this episode. I think
1: I think I remember what you said I'll, I'll let Ken guess oh god dinosaur Junior Sebado no what theme Folk song implosion. from the 80s uh if it's i'll, I'll give him some hints if i'm getting it right from the 80s huge show we just mentioned an actor
0: uh Night a few Ryan. moments ago no, no, that no. Was, there was no words that's an in instrument that. the show <laughs> I'll say this.
2: the show had a song featured in it that charted because it was featured in the show but
1: was not was the a theme song great song when the lead character and his girlfriend were at the train station and shoot billy and the beaters sang
0: that one yep, yep. I don't know what it, it is. It's
3: right there, but I don't know.
0: What just tell me you think Family Ties. Oh Family
1: Ties. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Wait, that um Billy and the Beaters, uh, at this Billy moment. Called, yeah, at this that, moment. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: song went to number one. Yeah. Because so, it was featured in that episode. Right. Yes. Okay. Now Tears I remember. In your eyes. That was that was just like on a live album that had never done anything, right? That nobody yeah, had ever he was heard. Like a Yeah. And then they put it on there and it, it went to number one. The band had to reform. They yep. had already broken up and the band had to reform uh because the song because family ties made the song so popular.
2: I uh I had Allie Willis on my show who's no longer with us, but she's a just was an amazing kook. Uh she had this incredible house. She did set design for like PB's playoffs, but she wrote September for earth wind and fire and boogie wonderland a bunch of songs but she wrote the friends theme Mm -hmm. and she hates it she was like it's the
0: dumbest thing ever wrote in my life i would say that's probably my least favorite uh yeah like that gets in your head and will not get out
2: yeah Yeah. she'd agree with you uh she she was like this song is so stupid
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: they uh the producers of friends sent the I guess the pilot episode to the Rembrandts to record and was like, can you do something with this? And then the Rembrandts kind of wrote it, but then it was, yeah, it was that woman that wrote September and somebody else who really wrote it. And then the Rembrandts kind of put their touch on it. Uh, do either of you guys know, I want to take a guess. What did the producer of Friends, what song did the producer of Friends put in its place as the theme song? It's a pop- very popular song. It's actually oh, my I favorite it, yeah. song of
0: all time. It's me so horny. <laughs> it is me so horny by, by two Life crew. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say Macarena. Yeah. No, I, I saw I, I read the thing. I saw what it was.
1: What is it? Yeah, it's uh, it is end of the uh, world, it's, right? It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine by R.E.M. And they wanted the Rembrandts to basically do a version of that, you know, like, you know, take their
2: R.E.M. did have a TV theme song under uh, one
1: of my favorites, too. Uh, I had it on my top five list and uh, my wife and I, they played that on piano. Uh, before our wedding that was like you know huh? like the the prelude part yeah. of it was uh was stand by rem from specifically because it was on the uh it was on get a life and uh the other theme song that uh, my friend played before was uh, uh hand handbags and glad rags the theme to the british office
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, here's another. They're just reminding me. One of my favorite shows, the British show is called the Royal family. And it's this, if you like cheers, <clears throat> you'd love this show. Every episode takes place in this family's living room and it's literally just them sitting around watching TV for seven seasons that's it and it's brilliant and sad and funny and great and i'm not an oasis fan but the theme song is a b-side that um that uh noel sings called half the world away it's so good it's just like this sad minor key song and it's the perfect
0: theme song for that show what's the show called called the royal family yeah that sounds like something i would like
2: is it Hand, like 90s or is it 90s? Yeah, started yeah. in the late 90s. Uh, this woman, Carolyn Ahern, who's also sadly no longer with us, who's like a sketch actor, wrote and stars in the show and so good. Um, Handbags and Glad Rags has a connection to TV outside of being that theme song. The guy who wrote that song uh, has a famous daughter who was in a TV show who's been on my show.
1: Really? Because uh, it was originally, it was a Rod Stewart song right i mean yeah right uh, he
3: didn't he didn't write it rod stewart's it. daughter was on your show nope
2: uh who who is it uh olivia dabo's dad wrote that song he also wrote uh build me up buttercup
1: really <laughs> Get uh, the was yeah, he in the foundations
2: he was in manford mann
1: Okay, so and Olivia Tabo that's from uh, she's from the Wonder, the Wonder years, right? years. Yeah, she
2: actually put out an amazing record a few years ago called Not TV. That's really great. Uh, she also sings on Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer." <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's she, um, really? she does a lot of like score stuff for TV and movies and stuff too. It's it, yeah, but her dad, her dad uh, was in Manford Man and wrote those songs.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw when I was probably ten. Again, uh, it was Battle of the Network Stars. And Olivia DeBo was on there and they would always do like a cut to like a pre-produced piece where she was playing like classical piano, I think. So it's just like Howard Cosell and all the dumb stuff. And then her being like super British and uh, and brilliant.
2: She was, she was on the, until they brought it back a couple of years ago, that was the last battle of the network stars. Uh, The ABC team, I've had three people from that team on TV guidance counselor that last year. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they got paid if they won. So they would like really push hard. Um, But that, Episode is hilarious because Howard Cosell is interviewing Olivia Dabo, and he goes, "Uh, you're very, very attractive." <laughs> and it's like the absolute creepiest, <laughs> weird thing. It's great.
1: Uh, that's how Ken actually usually uh, introduces our guests. So, uh, so he very, takes, takes a very, very attractive. attractive. <laughs> uh, one of my other favorite theme songs. It's a little bit uh, not as not as known, but um, Tony Collette her TV show from like 2010 is uh, the United Jackie? States of Tara. Oh yes. It's Tara. Okay. United States of Tara. It's uh, it was done by, is it Tim to Lauder, Tim to the, the guy from tripping Daisy and Polyphonic. Okay. three. Yep. Uh, great theme. song, amazing theme song,
0: like one of like just dark horse uh, there.
1: Um, any, tripping any other
0: Daisy was such a great fucking band that uh, like nobody even remembers now. Were they piranha? Did they do piranha? Yeah. That was you know
2: who, who the guitar player in Polyphonic Spree was. No, Saint Vincent.
0: Really? Oh okay. yeah, I, think I did know that.
1: Wow, that's. Uh, um, did you guys have any any others before? I know we got to wrap up soon, but uh, any other standouts for you guys?
3: I'm silly as hell, but the the Muppet Show.
0: <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Muppet Show! <laughs> yeah, Nothing the Muppet Show is that. great. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember I mean, that? How can you Do you not listen? Do you remember that uh, uh like nineties alternative album they did of all the Saturday morning cartoon theme songs? Yes. Yes. Yep. Julian yeah. Hadfield's on it.
2: And uh, you know who does a great um Sponge does a great version of uh what song do they do?
0: Speed Racer. Great. Oh that
3: that the, album's amazing. Yes, it to- has, the Toadies
0: gonna, are on that album too. It has
3: the Ramones yep. doing Spider-Man. Yep. It yep. has uh
0: uh, I think Matthew Shoot. Sweet did Scooby Doo. Matthew yep.
3: Sweet did Scooby Doo, but someone really doped did the Banana Splits theme song, and I'm blanking on
2: who.
0: I think it's Juliana I have Liz. It. I was gonna do say Liz it. Fair.
2: It's Liz Fair. Is Liz Fair. Okay. Yeah,
3: that's a great record. If you and
0: what did the Toadies do? Cooley get together. Yep, yeah, they yeah. did the Ghoulies. That was great. That's a great Who's record. The ghoulies. Yeah, uh, uh, that, we've had the guy record, from the Toadies on a couple times too. Yeah.
2: That record came out on Laserdisc as well with what? videos for all the episodes for with all the, oh, all really? the songs.
1: Yeah, wow. I would love to see those. Um, oh, uh, one so other cool. fact that I thought was interesting, because I, I, I it always got me mad, and then I read the story about it. So, of course, one of the one of the biggest ones of all time. It's not one of my favorites, but it's of course classic is Gilligan's Island, mm-hmm. and the. So, by the way. Before, because Sherwood Schwartz like basically wrote that and the Brady Bunch, like he wrote it himself. Of course, it's great because it tells the story of, you know, it gives everything you need to know about it. Before he wrote that, he had John Williams, a lesser known John Williams, write this Calypso version of a song and was like, nah, it's no good. And then wrote this own version. And you guys, everybody knows this, how the first season they don't mention the Professor Marianne. It's like, you know, the movie star and the rest (laughs) <laughs> and I, I that always bothered me. and I was like, it's just two more. Just name them. And then, of course, they changed it after the first season. I never knew that it was because the woman who played Ginger in her contract, she had to be listed last in the credit. So like her name was last. Yep. Her picture was last. So they couldn't because that's how it fit into the song, the movie star. And then it was like and the rest so it was like, screw them. And so the man of the people. Robert Denver himself Gilligan Bob was like for the second he's like no 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 he's like either you guys change that or I want my name last because I'm the biggest one uh because he was a man of the people and he was the one who strong-armed him to be like no you need to get ginger and uh or I mean he was like fine yeah 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 i don't know that yeah That's the so cool. uh just the drama behind Gilligan's island uh, i know we have to go in in uh in just a minute uh anything else any others before you guys want to uh and by the way alan thick uh co-wrote and co-sang the different strokes theme song yes one, of, one and of the favorite. facts of life theme song what? he
0: also wrote facts of uh, life was a pretty yeah. great one too
2: ironically doesn't sing the growing pains theme song nor did he write it Yeah, <laughs> no?
0: no. uh i also love the
2: green acres theme that's a great one
0: yeah. Wait, it's That's- funny that they wouldn't like they wouldn't even give him a shot on Grown Pains. He's like, "Hey, I've got uh I got a pretty good track two- record." Yeah. yeah. I I've, I've come up with two pretty monster themes. They were like, "Just fucking settle down. We got this." I mean, he was hot yeah. off thick of the night. They were like, <laughs> yeah. "Calm down." Yeah. Fun fact right. uh, well, about I- the
3: Jefferson's theme song. Uh Dad did a cover. That did pretty damn oh, well really? on the charts. Yeah. It was one of the only times that there was a cover released of it. It's actually one of my favorite tracks of his. Wait, and and it went up did on... the
0: Jeffersons and the Charted? Yeah. He
3: really? He did a cover of, so, the, uh, of the song uh, with a uh, blanking on his name. But
1: just check it out. It's on YouTube. Fun video. Uh, Kahuna's dad uh, famously was uh, one of the members of PM Dawn oh, nice. in the 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah and uh that's i need to i need to listen to that. do you know when it came out like was it in the 90s he recorded 97 or? 97 98 okay. i gotta check that out it's a good time that's amazing We got to look that up this is a fun uh, one
3: glad i got to yeah. sit in on this
1: one yeah man yeah thanks for thanks. i for now have here. a new and, uh, podcast i get to listen to this is great oh see you. got it for <laughs> it and uh and Ken Reed, thank you for uh, for for joining us. I know we have to wrap up. Uh where uh where can the good people find you and T V Guidance Counselor?
2: Uh T V Guidance Counselor is everywhere, T V Guidance dot com. And I am I can read dot com. Uh the letter I K E N R E I D. Um yeah, on all the social media and all that stuff. New episode of T V Guidance Counselor every week. Haven't missed a week yet since uh Valentine's Day in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> Wow, I had a the lot
1: of musicians on. I have a lot of bands on. Um, oh yeah, real real quick. I, I know you have to go, but um, I, one question I wanted to ask you. You've had tons of like you've had big name uh, musicians on it. Uh, anything either surprising or something that's sort of a common denominator between all musicians or something surprising for many of the musicians
2: um I love the musicians ones because they always have a really good time because they get to be on a show and not have to talk about like, like their music or themselves so it's always fun right. um I think the one that always sticks out is I had uh Veruca Salt on and <clears throat> Nina from that band Nina Gordon bought her house in LA because the guy who wrote the Brady Bunch oh my nose episode owned the house (laughs) and so she put her studio in where his office used to be and she's like now I write songs where that guy wrote the oh my nose episode of the Brady Bunch Um, the Lou Barlow thing about him uh,
1: uh, I Sound checking family with
2: family ties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Josh Cator from The Smoking Popes are one of my favorite nineties, uh, I mean they're still around, but they we were pop pumping in the nineties. He wrote and performs the theme song to my show. And it's a full song. It's like a three-minute song. I don't play the whole thing at the beginning, but the bridge of that song, he references like seven TV theme songs, and it's brilliant. Uh, and it's like my favorite thing. And I, I legitimately really like the song. <laughs>
1: It's a it's a it's a great it's a great theme. By the way, is that Julian Hatfield who does the interlude? The TV is my friend. No, no, uh,
2: that's um, that's Colleen Green,
1: um, who's
2: another uh, '90s Boston punk kid who's gone on to do really well. She just toured with Jonah Ray and does this stuff with Doctor Demento and Weird Al and all this stuff. But she's awesome. Yeah, that's her song. TV. Okay. Okay, oh,
1: that's great. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out TV Guidance Council. Great, uh, great podcast. And uh, Ken Krantz, uh what do you got coming up? Anything uh, Anything good? Where can, they, no,
0: where can just, the kids find you? Uh Look for me on the socials. Kent Krantz comic. The, the Kent Krantz comic. And uh, I'll be uh, this
1: coming week, if it's coming out at the beginning of the week, from the 23rd to the 25th, 26th, 23rd to the 26th. I'm going to be at Helium in Philly with Todd Glass. And then I'll be in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania, with Todd Glass on the 27th. And just find me at Chip Chantry on all the uh, socials and uh follow us at rock and roll pop uh but uh ken reed thank you so much for uh for joining us today and uh thanks for having me anything, i'm
2: always anything, up you for talking to really the order ken? um no, yeah, i man. think that's everything yeah yeah
0: all right thank you we'll see you next week